0: This is amazing. Um, I'm going to share something with you right here that the devil does not want you to hear. So if you had a little extra opposition in getting to church today, maybe a little touchy or had a little spiff or maybe it's because the enemy knew that, oh no, we can't let them hear what pastor is going to share today. It will set them free. It will give them power over all my works. It will cause them to live victoriously from now on. I've been a pastor for 33 years of this church. One of the number one things I've learned that people need to hear is what I'm going to talk to you about today. And it probably will go into a series into the new year. Directly connected to Love the Valley being 100% successful. Um, I want you to turn to Romans 12. We're going to start there. If you were to make a New Year's resolution... (laughs) People laugh now at that word because a lot of people do resolute for about three weeks. <laughs> and then they go back to the way they were. Um, but I, if you make a solid, secure resolution, here's the thing I would say put on the top of your list. I don't always say that. I, like, I don't like to interfere with the leading of the Spirit in other people's lives. But I believe I have the Spirit of God on this for this church. Here's something I would encourage everybody in this church to put on the top of their New Year's resolution list, something you immediately make room for. Don't try to cram this in, you're already overbooked schedule. Delete some things. This is super big, this is very, very important. It's something for every believer. World can't have what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. If they get saved, they can have it, but the, this is not for the world. This is for believers who already are on their way to heaven who want to see more victory and power in their life and through their life as they're ministering to other people in their family and friends and neighborhoods and workplaces. This is the biggest thing for every believer on this planet. I believe with all my heart, if Jesus came to the wall right now, walked to the wall in an open vision and said, my plan for the New Testament church age is this. You ready? Be Filled with the Spirit. I know a lot of people have had a Spirit-filled experience. That's not what the Lord's talking about. He wants us to be filled and never again unfilled. That doesn't automatically happen because you're a believer. That happens because of a certain way you've chosen to live. Certain things you decided to take into your life on a daily basis will determine if you're living a spirit-filled life versus I had an experience a few years ago and spoke in spoken tongues. Amen. That's not called living a spirit. That's part of it. That's initial. But I'm telling you, church, marriages... Families, Just think of the stuff you're going through right now. The problems, the fears, the sickness, the addictions, the the marriage stuff, the financial stuff. Think of everything you're going through. I'm telling you, I can't think of one thing being filled with God can't fix. For one thing, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how much room does that leave for depression in your life? I like to call it this. Filled. And free. I know a lot of Christians who are born again and not free physically, not free mentally, not free in other areas. But you know what? Here's a revelation a lot of people need to get. When you're born again, you are clean. And you are a citizen of heaven from that moment forward. But here's something I'm, I'm telling. to you. I know this may shake you and rock you. According to the Bible and according to Jesus, clean is not enough. Now, it's enough to get to heaven, but it's not enough until you get there if you want to live in victory and see other people get the victory in their life. Have you ever heard the term filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you ever heard the term speaking in other tongues? Have you ever seen any opposition to that? Even from church people? Ever seen any Mark it down. Anytime you see a smoke cloud around a Bible subject, there's a truth in there the devil doesn't want you to get. He's trying to stir up a smoke cloud to make you think this is just for fanatics. This is just for people that are way out there speaking in tongues. What's all that about? Well, friend, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you because I was going to lie. No, I'm just kidding. This just a figure of speech. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Ready? I don't know if you can handle this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a commandment. Mm -hmm. How many think it's a good idea to obey, thou shalt not kill? (laughs) uh, How about, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Think that's important? Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not take, you know, how many think that's important? Well, any word from the Lord is important. And I... I know, from personal experience, this one truth. How do I want to say this? Okay, I used to think at one time in my life, it was weird filled with the Spirit speaking in other tongues. I used to think that was weird. I'm just being honest with you, I thought it was weird. I'm not saying I criticized, I just thought it was weird. My mom got filled with the Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church, St. Joseph Catholic Church, Wednesday night charismatic prayer meeting, came home said she started speaking in tongues. I knew enough not to come against it, but I thought she was a little weird. Because now she's tithing and speaking in tongues. And I didn't understand either of those things. But I started reading the Bible, right, Ruthie? I started reading the Bible, and I found out it's weird not to be filled with the Spirit, and it's weird not to speak in tongues when you can. I'm talking about from heaven's point of view. I'm not saying anybody's weird in here, okay? That's, that's, I'm not saying. I'm just saying in my life, I thought it was weird until I started reading the Bible and I found out it's weird not to receive the unfilling of the Spirit. Are you kidding? What's weird about being filled with God? <laughs> Letting Him help you overcome the pressures of life instead oh, yeah. of just trying to do it all under your own power. Yeah. That's right. You get filled with God, not only can you overcome sin, you don't even want to sin anymore. <laughs> when the want is fixed, man, that's nine-tenths of it right there. That's right. Right. And one of the reasons Christians sin, the number one reason is they want to. Right. What if you didn't want to? What if you didn't want to? Amen. You wouldn't. <laughs> don't, 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 don't give me the excuse. I just can't overcome. That's a violation of scriptures. Philippians 2, or Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Come on, man. If we can fix the believer's want, we'll turn this world upside down. (laughs) What will fix the want? Being filled with the Holy Spirit and maintain. Everybody say maintain. Maintain. A spirit-filled life. So are you there yet? (laughs) Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Actually, verse 9 through 11. Let love be without dissimulation. In other words, let it be real. Just kind of push away that which is evil. You know, just kind of, you know, abhor it. (laughs) Amen. Some things you just got to hate if you're going to be a good Christian. Jesus loved righteousness and he hated iniquity and he was anointed with joy above everybody else. The devil says, oh no, you partake of the sin, you'll have fun. The Bible says, you push that stuff away from you and you'll have the greatest joy ever afforded to man. Amen. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. And, and can I just say this for those of you that are trying to overcome sins and habits? <clears throat> Even if your flesh wants something, say you hate it if you know it's wrong. Even if you crave something, that's wrong. Say you hate that thing, even though you're craving it at the same time. Yeah. Just say, I hate iniquity. I hate lust. Yeah. I hate lying. I hate, David said, I hate and abhor lying, but your law do I love. Yeah. He probably didn't feel that way, but see, he was taking control of his life and not being feeling led anymore. That's right. Come on, you got to start hating what God hates. If you want to be a good, the Bible says six things the Lord hates. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Read it in Proverbs six. Sometimes seven things he hates. He hates them. His children should hate them. That's right. Not people, things, darkness, demons, right. Yeah. right? Cravings that are in the fallen nature. Right. Yeah. Watch out about saying, oh, I just have this problem and start naming all the, watch out. Don't, you, you don't have to accept anything just because it's presented to you. Right. Right. So abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. You get in the picture here? Next verse. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. (laughs) Amen. We could have a whole seminar right there. Next verse. Don't be slothful in business. Now here's a phrase. Ready? Fervent in spirit. Then comes effective serving the Lord. How many want to be effective in your serving the Lord? Do it with some joy instead of just a sense of duty. Well, then it has to do with your spirit being on fire for God. It has to do with your spirit being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Too many people are trying to do what the Lord told them to do in their own power, wanting to receive the ability of God to do what he tells you to do, and then it's actually fun. And I'm going to talk to you about some things about maintaining a spirit-filled life. I prayed for you this morning, and I'm going to tell you what I prayed, and I'm going to pray it again for you right now. Is that okay? Yeah. Paul told the churches what he was praying for them, so they'd get in faith with him that those things come to pass. Sometimes you have to tell people what you're praying for them, so their faith connects with your faith, and it can come to pass quicker. Let me tell you, I'm going to pray this prayer. So if you want to just close your eyes and listen to these words, I prayed it for you earlier. I'm going to continue to pray it because it's a grow up prayer, not just a one time prayer. This is a development prayer. It has to do with being filled with the spirit. So just receive this again. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody in the sound of my voice, either listening live or on an archive later. Grant these people, your children, my brothers and sisters and myself included, grant us according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and that we would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge... That we might be filled with all the fullness of God. And now unto you, Father, that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us, unto you be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Say, I'm getting filled. Now, if being filled with all the fullness of God was an automatic happening when you're born again, why did Paul pray it for born-again people? If it automatically happened without prayer, without faith, without other appropriations. Paul had to pray it for church people at Ephesus. Well, we need to pray that for us and, and what church? Believe it's working. That prayer that I just prayed, when that that prayer comes to full fruition, you'll be like you're in a whole new world, whole nother realm, filled with all the fullness of God. I like, now think about this. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, filled with all the fullness of God, how much room does that leave for fear? Just simply by the law of displacement, you are free. Nobody had to cast anything out of you, nobody had to pray for you. You got free because you drank so much that the stuff that was in there is gone. Listen to this church. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you couldn't worry if you tried. You couldn't be afraid, which is you know a stronger form of worry if you tried. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's not just you laying hands on the sick; it's you and the fullness of the Spirit laying hands on the sick. And duh, of course, power is going to shoot into them if they're open and receptive. And of course, they're going to get delivered and get a miracle. It's not just you anymore. God's been trying to do this for two thousand years. Church, yes, you got a great work. Yes, you got a great commission. Get filled with me, and we'll do it together. I taught these things at the beginning of 2018 because God had quickened us the last Wednesday of 2017 to pray for the entire church body that we would all get a powerful revelation of what it means to live a spirit-filled life. I believe the Lord said we weren't done. We didn't get what we supposed to get, but we're gonna get it and we're gonna stay with it as long as we need. Having a a spirit-filled experience is not maintaining a spirit-filled life. When you, you, do you realize this? I, th- I know this is a little bit of an introduction right now, but did you know that there, is, there, there are people today in jail, Christians are in jail for certain crimes they've committed? Right now, they're in prison. Christians, believers, born again, love God, on their way to heaven, but made a mistake, and now they're in jail. Do you realize that if that person or those people were filled with the Spirit the morning of their crime, there would have been no crime because they wouldn't have wanted to do it. Their cravings of the flesh would not have overpowered their spirits. Not being filled with the Spirit is a root problem to many other visible problems. And I know it's kind of a cliche now. Uh, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. What do you mean by that? Do you mean you had an experience one time, you are born again, and you had a spirit-filled experience? Because that's really not proper vernacular to say I'm a spirit-filled Christian if you're not maintaining a spirit-filled life. Now, let me say this, church. As we maintain a daily spirit-filled life, Unbelievers are going to see something in our life that they're going to want. You can't fake true spirit filled living. It produces things in your life that make it very clear there's a God in heaven. God did not make this thing difficult. Our number one primary ministry to other people should be overflow. Not always trying and scraping, overflow. It just happens because we're constantly drinking in the Word and fellowshipping with God and hanging around right people and listening to the right things. Now, on my way to church today, I believe the Lord quickened me to tell you this. When you begin to live a spirit-filled life, not just I had a spiritual experience and I may have a couple more before I leave the earth. When you begin to live a spirit-filled life, a lot of church people are probably going to feel uncomfortable around you. Are you okay with that? Well, I don't want to offend anybody. What about offending God? What about offending the one who wants you filled? I'd rather please God and offend a few people, un- un- unnecess- I'm not because I want to. But let's face it, if you really get on fire for God and you really maintain a spirit-filled life, some of your church friends are going to be uncomfortable around you. And they're going to say, well, why don't you want to watch that certain movie with us anymore? Exactly. I don't want to. Being filled with the Spirit tweaks your wants. Don't think, church, please, don't think that what I'm talking to you about is for you if you're called to preach. Paul was writing to every single believer in Ephesus to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5. We'll go there in just a minute. This is not just for preachers. You can be a businessman and fill with the Spirit every day of your life. Wise unto things that would try to happen to cause harm, things that might be stolen, answers for your employees powerful, anointing on a, a purpose beyond just the, the, the natural business, connecting it with kingdom business. <clears throat> this is for every believer. Moms, stay-at-home moms, grandmas, little children. Come on, man. If John the Baptist can be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb, this is for kids. Yep. How old are you, Rachel, when you, start, when you got filled with the Spirit and spoken in tongues? You don't even remember. I think she was like three or four. She barely had comprehension. She started speaking in tongues. John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit in his mother's womb. How many know blobs of mass don't get filled with the Spirit? People get filled with the Spirit. They're, they're people when they're on the inside. That's right. Rachel learned these things a long time ago. <laughs> I've got some funny story I'll share some other time, but um, <clears throat> this is for everybody. Believe me, if you're a stay-at-home, a stay-at-home mom with three kids, you want to be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> you want to be filled with the Spirit. Right. <laughs> Amen, Nikki. You want, I mean, come on, if you're a plumber, you want to go on the job with the mind of Christ, filled with the pr- promises of God and the Spirit of God. Because you know what? Somebody, somebody may try to hurt you. Oh, I found this out. And, and Isaac, are you here? Isaac? Yes, you're right there. This is so interesting. Um, When you're filled with the Spirit, it eases the pain. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that. But what was real painful, before you were filled with the Spirit, same thing, it's not that painful anymore. (laughs) And Isaac was telling us, you know, he said... um, you know, we'll be dealing with people in the in the police area, and you know, the helping the community out. And he said, he said, it's real interesting that when you when you tase a drunk person, it doesn't affa- it doesn't affect them that much. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, when they're really drunk and they get tased, the drunk person's like, just keeps coming, you know, just keeps walking like Frankenstein or something. you know. What I mean? <laughs> Very interesting. Think about it. when you're filled with the Spirit, the devil throws stuff at you, and you just keep walking. Just keep coming. That's in the negative negative, in the natural, but in the spiritual, right, yeah. you can be so filled with the Holy Spirit, people just don't bother you anymore. That's right. People that used to you know, make you stay up half the night and worry and fret, doesn't even bother you. You just, <laughs> as soon as your head hits the pillow. If people knew all the benefits of living a spirit-filled life, oh, my friends, did you know Jesus overcame the most vicious demon attacks of all time? And one of the reasons was is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. No, no, Pastor. It's because he said it is written. you got to remember the verse before that. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, was led into the wilderness, tempted of the devil, spoke scriptures, and returned in the power of the Spirit and overcame them all because he was also filled with the Spirit. He didn't just quote scriptures and do his own thing in life. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, you got to understand, being filled with the Spirit is not weird. It's weird not to be. This is the mindset we need to get. Not, don't look down on any, but don't point fingers. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about us personally as a church in a family setting. It's not weird to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Cool people are. And if you're not cool, it'll make you cool. <laughs> are you listening to me? Being filled with the Spirit is not the ozone. Feet are on the ground. I'm just filled with God. I speak in a language I never learned. What's so weird about that? Our God created planets and puppies and everything in between. What's so weird about speaking a language you never learned? Right? Right? This is the answer to getting out of addictions. And you know, we, we put up there on the screen. You know why we put it this way, addicted to freedom? We like to emphasize the victory, not just the battle. Right. Right. You know why we put addicted to freedom? Like Galileo put on that slide. Replace bad addictions with good addictions. Yeah. It's the law of displacement. Right. You want to get something out of your life? Why don't you just put so much of the word in, get so filled with the spirit, it pushes it out of your life. That's right. That's right. You know, there's a lot of people, they're not bad as why they're making all these terrible mistakes, they're just empty. They're just empty. Do you know one of the number one reasons we were born again and made new on the inside is so we could be filled with God, not so we could stay empty and clean. He wants us filled with all the fullness of God, and I'm going to tell you how to do that. God's going to tell you how to do that through these teachings, how to do it. Now, the Moffat's translation of Romans 12, Moffatt's Moffat's is an older translation. It's not, it's more modern than the King James, but it's it's from quite a ways back. The Moffat's, and you don't have to find it, Lucas, but the, the Moffat's translations puts it like this. Maintain the spiritual glow. That's good. What does that mean? Maintain the spirit. You know, when you've been in the word sufficiently, yeah. you know, when you've been praying in tongues and praying in the spirit sufficiently, you know, when you've been worshiping God sufficiently, you know, when you've been hearing enough anointed teaching word sufficiently. you know, when you've been a doer of the word like you need to be. And God's reasonable. Yeah. He knows you got to go to work. He knows you got to go to school. He knows that. Well, I don't know if I could ever read the Bible enough. Of course, you can read the Bible enough. God's not unreasonable. Of course, you can pray enough. God's not unreasonable. Right. Right. But I like to look at it like this. When I eat food, how do I know I'm full? Do I have to turn to Carla and say, Carla, am I full yet? <laughs> what? Carla, am I, filled with, am I filled with that steak yet? I don't know, John. You're the one eating it. Am I filled enough with water? I don't know. Are you still thirsty? Why would I ask her? If you have to ask, you're not. <laughs> if you have to ask, you're not quite there yet. Right. You know when you're filled, yeah. right? Whew. And here's the cool thing. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you don't even have a taste for the devil's sweets. That's right. You could put any cheesecake, any chocolate, any kind of dessert you want in front of me. If I just had a real big meal, it's funny. We go to the Cheesecake Factory when we're out of town, right? They're known for their cheesecake. We hardly ever eat cheesecake there because their meals are so big and they're so good that once I'm done eating the main course, I don't even want cheesecake. It's not like I'm just resisting that cheesecake. Oh, I cast you out. I'm just, you know, it's like you don't even want it. Why? Because you're filled. Church, listen to this. Listen to this. You can be filled with the junk food of this world right. and have no taste for the Spirit of God. Absolutely. That's why Jesus said this in Luke 6, woe unto you that are full. Mm-hmm. Woe is not good. Woe means grief unto you that are full. What's he saying? He's saying if you're full of other things, if you're satisfied, mm. Without being filled with the Spirit, you are in bad shape. Whoever thought of satisfaction being a bad thing? Friend, if you're satisfied without Jesus being the Lord of your life, you're in danger of hellfire. And now that satisfaction turns into warfare from the enemy. And you need to shake yourself and say, why am I satisfied without Jesus in my life? If you're a believer and you're satisfied without living a Spirit-filled life, you're in warfare. I know it's weird to connect satisfaction with warfare, but it's terrible warfare if you're satisfied without. That's why Jesus said, woe to you that are full. Not having a desire to be filled with the spirit like Jesus says, be filled with the spirit is a problem. Do you know that many people have problems in their life, big ones, life threatening Do you know a lot of people have problems in their life? Simply because they have room for those problems. I can see in my spirit people leaving this place, going back to their orbit of life, their businesses, their offices, their places of corporation. I could see them going back with a spirit-filled life. You're gonna be amazed at how many people wanna be around you and feel good about themselves when they're around you because you're living a Holy Spirit-filled life. Now, when I say Holy Spirit-filled life, I have to close here. When I say Holy Spirit, let's go to one more scripture and we'll close real quick. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter five. We'll close with this scripture. We're not talking about an it, we're talking about a person. The Holy Spirit, Jesus called him, he. When he, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will teach you all things. He will, he will, he will show you things to come. Woo! Um, he's a he. So we're talking about the Spirit of God, and he's not gonna make himself, he's not gonna push himself on anybody, but you open up, man, he will come with power. He'll come, he's called the comforter, the parakletos in the Greek. He's the one who calls us into battle of victory. He's the one that actually gives us the triumphant flag. He's the one that helps us go past the breaking point and we still don't break. He's the one that keeps us strong when everything else fails. He's the comforter, he's your best friend. He's the help of God in the earth realm. You know, if you push away the Holy Spirit, you push away the help of God. And you keep praying to God for help, and He keeps pointing you to to the Holy Spirit. What are you doing? If you keep pushing away His help, what can He do? There's not two helpers in the earth realm. There's one. And so go ahead and read this scripture, and we'll close. And I wanted to relate all this to Love the Valley and our future, because church, we're moving into some high-level things in 2020. And it will not be hard, it will not be a drag if we're fervent in spirit about it. Being filled with the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with what you're doing right now. Whether you realize it or not, you're being filled with the Spirit to a degree because you're hearing anointed words the Holy Spirit wants you to hear. Don't just take my word for it, check all these things out in the Bible for yourself. My goodness, he's the teacher, I'm a delivery boy. Talk to them about these things later and don't let them slip. But let me just say this. You have to, when you wake up in the morning, you're just going to have to make room for these things, making room for the lifestyle changes that produce a spirit-filled life. You're going to have to just quit being in such a hurry. You're going to have to just bolting out of the door before any reading of the Bible, before any praying. You're going to have to adjust if this is important to you. And I hope just this little bit of time I've had shows you how important this is. The first thoughts of the day are so important when it comes to maintaining a spirit filled life. How many know? As soon as you start, are conscious in the morning, it's probably good to just start thinking about the things of God, things that stir up your spirit. <laughs> it's important the first things you say in the day that determine whether you live that day in a spirit filled way. Mm. The, the first things you start to hear. I know there's natural things you gotta do in the natural, but man, I'd say I just before you really thrust out into your day, make sure you have time to feed on the word. Pray in the spirit. Worship God. Hear 15 minutes or so of a good sermon. Something to get your spirit stirred up. And here's something to help you live a spirit-filled life. Pretend you have to preach every day something to somebody to help them. <laughs> now you be reading the Bible, not just out of duty. T- you have to get revelation. I've got to share this with somebody else. So Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. One, tr- one translation says, Don't get your stimulus from wine. Wearing his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, we got something better. He's not saying a glass of wine is a sin, it's just we got something better. Amen. Be not drunk with wine, wearing his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The original Greek reads it like this. You ready? Be being filled. Yeah. It's a play on words in the original. So say, I'm being filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Whose, whose responsibility is it for, to, to drink? Me. Ours. If you're a baby Christian, that's a little different, but you still got to open your mouth. <laughs> Amen. I want to encourage you, drink in the Word, come back to these teachings, go over the archive. We taught on this in 2018 about uh, living a Spirit-filled life. We're taking it off from there, but you can stay stirred up during the week. Come next Sunday, we can all be on a higher level, and we can be a Spirit-filled church in 2020. Yes, yes. And what will happen? Well, serving the Lord will be fun. God, how much do I have to do? How much do you get to do? Depends on if you're filled or not.